morning. Welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. And I'm uh, excited to have our guest this morning to talk about uh, sort of the technology side of the business and and uh, his perspective, where we're at now, where we're going to be in the future. And I think it's going to be really good back and forth. And uh, if you're interested at all in what uh, sort of what's next in mortgage banking and mortgage lending, I think uh, you'll enjoy this interview today. So before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsors at Incelerate. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement as the mortgage industry's most innovative marketing and sales engagement platform. Incelerate CRM helps lenders manage workflow, contact strategies, lead management, referral, and realtor partners in reporting. Incelerate's engagement platform automates multi-channel marketing through social media, email, direct mail, text messages, ringless voicemail, and phone calls. It's all pre-built with the strategies and content to enable better borrower engagement. Accelerate integrates the software that's already powering your business today and into the future. And in addition, the platform is SOC 2 and SSAE 18 certified to satisfy the most closely regulated businesses, which includes banks with mortgage subsidiaries. So for more information or to check out a demo, visit Accelerate.com or call the number on the uh, uh, that's in the description below. So with that, I want to... Uh, Give a real brief update on what's going on with the California MBA. Uh, if you are, uh, if you've checked out our website this week, you're going to notice it's a little different. We've uh, upgraded and uh, uh, redesigned our website, so you've got a better uh, experience on the California MBA's website. Uh, the website is much faster now, much cleaner, much uh, more mobile responses. You'll find better. Uh, uh, you're better able to see the events that are coming up. And the one thing that I'm, I'm most excited about uh, as the communications guy here at the association is we finally have a, a true and a, I think a really helpful blog. We're gonna have a member content driven blog that is live and active now. So if you are a member of the California MBA and you've got something you wanna talk about and uh, you've got something written out, maybe a blog on your website that you want us to uh, uh, post, we can post that on our own. Uh, member content driven blog and help funnel traffic back to your website. So it's a great uh, benefit for members. And so if you're interested in that, make sure and uh, shoot me an email and we can talk about getting your uh, blog posted on our blog as well. So with that out of the way, I want to welcome our guest today. Uh, Kyle Camrose is the co-founder of Cloud Verga. And uh, Kyle, if, you, uh, um, if you've if you been in the mortgage industry for any length of time, uh, you know that Kyle is one of the uh, best known innovators, entrepreneurs, and sort of thought leaders in the mortgage industry, and especially on the tech side. And so I'm really, uh, I'm excited to hear what he has to say here. So welcome, Kyle. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's start at the beginning. So what uh, what's your backstory, Kyle, in the uh, in the mortgage industry? And how did you, uh, and maybe sort of what opening did you see in the market that led you to start uh, Cloud Virgo? Yeah, so I started in the industry, gosh, when I, so I graduated from my undergrad, I went to, um, yeah, I grew up in Orange County, California, uh, specifically Dana Point. My goal was uh, to go into Wall Street, m and I really loved, you know, just understanding companies. Um, I used to trade stocks, work for advisors, and just really understand the depths of them read 10Ks and 8Ks and just learn about that whole world. Specifically, this was late 90s, early 2000s, around semiconductor, telco, internet, all things, you know, kind of forward thinking, right? Very NASDAQ heavy. Um, so my goal naturally was New York. That was the goal. Um, and uh, I applied to four schools and um, I got into basically all of them. I didn't get into Harvard. I got into Yale and I got into Pepperdine and I think the other school was UCLA. Um, and I ended up choosing Pepperdine for a lot of reasons I won't get into, 
Um, but I didn't want to go to the East Coast. I want to stay here because yeah, yeah, I was a, I was, yeah, couldn't get 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 away. You know, stay a point for the East Coast. I mean, come yeah, on. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I mean, when I been, I mean, I was such a naive kid when I visited uh, Connecticut, and I was just like, you know, I looked at the like, where's the sun and why is it so cold, right? You know, coming from a guy who wears board shorts all the time, surfing, it was tough. But anyways, um, what ended up happening is once I graduated, I finished my undergrad uh, when I was twenty. Um, moved up to the Bay Area uh, during that time is when you know the timing wasn't that great. That was when the, the, the kind of the internet collapsed and all the businesses were started were suffering at the time. Early 2000, 2001. Um, fast forward, um, I was in mortgage early on. My father started in the late 90s um, a company, and I got really acclimated into the mortgage space, mainly on the secondary side. So I used to help my dad actually securitize um loans and i used to do hedging back in the day bulk mini bulk sell uh sell to companies like rfc quaker bank i mean these are names that you know for those who've been in the industry for a while would recognize they're no longer around but i started with that and then started working up towards the origination so i started in secondary and learned all the way up to the origination side right so how does a loan work what what is really needed from the mbs side from the securitization side all the way up to how do you now sell a borrower and um, once I realized, you know, that there was uh, the timing was actually great. This is now 2002, 2003. I ended up running a small broker shop, grew that to be one of the largest broker shops. Again, timing was a lot of it, right? Um, grew that to be one of the largest broker shops in California and then actually across the country. Um, and then went and started a lender. And during the time, this is, I would say, from 2002 to 2008. Um, I really got into the weeds of, of understanding the operations side, right? Even though I was technically driving the front end, right? A very call center, driving a lot of that. We did a lot of TVs. I was big on the TVs and infomercials in the early 2000s, if you remember those back in the day. Um, and, you know, Orange County was the epicenter of mortgage, right? And so, you know, talent was not easy, it was not hard to come by. Uh, and we were just had some, some amazing people here. Um, and so, I started getting in um, into the weeds on um, understanding the operational efficiencies because I was starting to notice that, you know, I had 100 underwriters and I started noticing that why my underwriters were taking longer to, to underwrite a file, right? And so those, those metrics and KPIs were, getting, were going the other way. And so what I decided to do was I actually um, started setting up on underwriting. Uh, sat with some underwriters, learning the basics and the trades and so forth. Got my my chum number, which is my FHA direct endorsement underwriter, um, and sat with underwriters to see exactly what they do. What is it that you do? What what you're underwriting twelve loans per day. Now you're underwriting eight, and then you're going to six. Right? What were the reasons beyond Dodd Frank and all the regulations that was starting to come up? And so uh, that really opened my eyes to a lot of inefficiencies that were not driven by technology, given that, you know, in my late teens, I was all about technology in different ways, right? More of a, you know, observing and admiring some of these companies that were starting to come up. And so uh, in 2012, um, we had the opportunity to really start um, inside of a lender to really start automating the process. And I started diagramming and actually implementing a lot of this new way of doing loans manually, um, which was hard because technology really wasn't there at the point where it needed to be. Fast forward to 2012, it was getting there. And at that time, we were one of the first ones, uh, I was at a lender called Skyline, 
And this was a great petri dish to be able to validate some of the things we're doing. Because mortgage is hard, right? And it's more than just a consumer taking an application or an e-closing being done right in the comfort of your home. The minutia is what kills you, right? And the origination is what kills you. And um, basically had the opportunity to build, build, build the, the, the platform inside of a lender and validate it with three, 400 loan officers uh, in a retail setting and a little bit of wholesale, a little bit of call center and just start validating what, what this new world looks like. And so that kind of led the door open in 2015, late 15, to be like, we started having other customers or other lenders come to us while we're still a lender and saying, hey, I hear what you guys are doing. Sounds like you guys are a lot deeper than what other quote unquote digital platforms are going. Um, we love to you know, look at this. And so that just gave us a very clear um, you know, reason which is what I wanted to do all along to really start forming Cloudburga and really start becoming a SaaS platform, right, to power lenders and banks. So that's kind of the high level story. And since, you know, our whole thesis has been that there's a lot of great companies out there, right? And our, but our thesis is that we just go deeper, the origination process and understanding how that works, because uh, we've lived it. Um, it's not as easy as people think. And it's more than just running DU, getting a borrowed upload documents, getting day one certainty, verifying income and assets electronically. Those are all great tools, but it's the whole story. And I think what we've done and what we're starting to see in the market, especially recently, remember we're only four years old, right? We're still very young in the mortgage space, um, mortgage tech space. And so what we're starting to see is people are realizing like how deep we really go and all the, I would say, the things that would typically come up are not coming up for them because we're covering those bases, right? And so that's kind of how it is. And, and, um, and you know, our whole thesis, I would call it in the POS digital space, has always been about, yeah, consumer experience is good. We want to power the loan officer and the broker like never before. But our whole thing is, is how do we truly reimagine the, the, I call it the belly of the whale, the, the processing, underwriting, portion of it right how do you get that piece right there and so that's what we're that's what we're really tackling it's interesting i think so many uh folks on the tech side focus so much on that borrower experience and for good reason but it, yeah. you make a good point that there is you know that's only the front that's you know step one out of all these steps in the process to go from start to close so you know that's interesting and you you know like you said you kind of earned that knowledge you know by seeing it firsthand yeah yeah i mean and, and that's right and and you know we've got you know it's interesting when you hire you know and a lot of companies and again great companies but a lot of companies are like okay i'll hire an underwriter or i'll hire a processor and they'll give me the feedback on what i need to do but it's not necessarily that easy because if i depended and this isn't a knock against any of them right i mean i, I hired thousands of them in my career if, if you if you if we listened while we were inside of the lender to exactly what the underwriters and processors wanted, we wouldn't be building the same, you know, building what it is, right? So you've got to have the discipline of reimagining what it can be, not just re-replicating what it is, but just making it look prettier, right? And there's a big difference. And and that's a challenge, right? Because we've come across that, right? I had some of the most amazing underwriters that gave some awesome feedback, or processors, or even loan officers, right? But it goes to the analogy to an extent, like if you ask somebody, you know, uh, what's the next evolution, they'd say, you know, the Henry Ford quote, right? Faster horses, right? And which isn't bad, that's right, because all they know is a horse, 
right? Um, but when you understand from a technology standpoint what's possible, what's capable, and then understand about the vendor ecosystem, right? Which is really a big piece of mortgage, right? Because there's hundreds of vendors. I'm not just talking about crap, I'm talking about flood, title. I mean, all those pieces have to come together. And so once you understand that and understand the capabilities of these vendors and the data that they can provide, it's being able to put the story together, right? And um, I'm not saying we're the only ones who can do that. There's a lot of great people who can do that. It's just, there's not a lot of that, you know, out there to be able to, to, to kind of put those things together. And so that's why we feel like we have a unique, you know, model to it. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a different way of looking at it entirely, like you mentioned. Um, so let's, uh, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, starting a company, what were some of the, uh, you know, some of the challenges you faced, maybe something you'd do differently, something that you would absolutely do again, you know, advice to someone else uh, out there that's uh, thinking about starting a business? Yeah, I mean, specifically technology, right? I would say technology, and I, and I, I love it, and, and it's, it is, it's very different than starting more to bring in type of other business. Technology companies, specifically software companies, they're not tech companies. We call them technology companies or not. We're product companies, right? It's all about the product. And so what I recommend, and it's actually, I talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs in the SoCal community all the time. And um, what I always recommend is have a very, be very product, maniacally focused on the product. The tech, especially now, the tech isn't hard, especially mortgage. I mean, we're not talking about anything like super advanced. We're really not. I mean, we're still on the technology side. Yeah, we're leveraging tools, but we're not, we're not advancing technology. We're not creating a new useful AI model that's pushing the needle on something. We're just leveraging basic AI, for example, or whatever it might be. You know, some cases of blockchain. The key is to build and validate what's the problem you're trying to solve, right? Is it a problem that's worth solving? Right, and, and are people willing to use it and pay for it, right? And how are you willing to delight them, right? Those are the core principles, right, of it. And as a founder, I, I made tons of mistakes, but as a founder, it's like you, you, you have a passion for changing a business or changing a, a, an industry or changing how the world works, which is awesome. But there's a balance of humility where you don't know all the answers and it's about being able to learn, right? in your cohort or in the industry about what exactly is the problem you're trying to solve. Because you can have that vision and that vision could be some 100% right. The question is how do you get there? Because you're not going to get to that vision right right away. Right. Right. Amazon, Jeff Bezos wasn't planning on selling books. And yet going through that run, and I remember especially in the 90s, Amazon was just like, eh, whatever, right? And it took him 20 years literally to get to the point of what he really wanted to do, which is now. Right. And so there's a means to an end. He had the vision, but he needed the steps to be able to get there. So that's one thing I would definitely offer advice. And as far as from a learning standpoint, it's just being able to maniacally focus on on solving a problem and steps to get there and try not to have too many things. Because especially, I mean, early on, like we had some of the largest lenders in the country coming out of this. And so you can just imagine all these other opportunities that were coming. And, and you just got to be super disciplined on when to say no. And that's the biggest, I think, attribute of a leader is it's, not, it's easy to say yes. It's, it's hard to say no, right? Right, that's good advice, yeah. So let's, uh, you mentioned it a, a minute ago there, What's what do you see as sort of the, you know, some of the major friction points in the transaction right now? How do you see, you know, if it is a technology thing, is it new technology that's not out there yet, or is it something that is out there and we're just not using it well enough? 
Well, I mean, it depends on what side, right? I mean, I can go right to obviously, given what, given the environment we're in with the pandemic, right? Which is, you, know, you still talk to lenders. I just refinanced my house for the second time in four months, just because of what happened in rates. And, you know, Chase. So I went through Chase. Um, and they don't have any, I mean, I had to get a notary. I had to physically see them during COVID. And they haven't adopted any closing ability, right? And yet, and in an e-notary, and yet there's some phenomenal companies out there that are that are offering e-notary and notary solutions, leveraging so solutions like uh, Notary Can, they're local here, and then also new companies like Notarize and so forth, right? Leveraging some of that technology or other proprietary technology that others are doing. Um, so I would say that's the immediate. That I felt that right off the get go. I'm like, I'm like, okay, you had me maybe do an application online. I can do some cool things. I can collaborate, text message with my. I don't have to go into a branch. But then I have to spend more time to figure out, okay, can the notary come to my house? Where is he going to come to my house? Am I going to go in my backyard? Am I going to do this in my garage? I mean, it's right. That's all I want to come to my house. Yeah. And it's just like, like we got to get there. So I think the immediate gap right now is, is some of the solutions like what, you know, Amy at DocuTech, right? Dominic and Doc Magic and some of those guys are, are doing, which is we've got to push um e-closing and we got to get to a seamless ability where like you know you and i you're the notary on the east and the signer and we got to sign my loan docs just like this without me leaving my house and so um i know it's going there i think we just need to get there faster yeah. that's one immediate need i would say and the other one specific to what we're doing is it's this need to still solve the inefficiencies in the process right because I know some lenders are saying, well, we're closing loans in 20 days, 25 days. I still think that's 18 days too long. And that's seven bodies too many. I'm not just saying that we let those people go. It's just the efficiencies of it, right? And, and so that is still our, our North Star, right? Which is how do you truly, and we call it, bring underwriting closer to the consumer and therefore the broker, the loan officer, the originator, right? In our, in our story, in our equation for CV, the originator, which is the LO, the broker, and I mean, I started as a broker. That's the center, that's the epicenter. It's not the underwriter, right? It's not the lender as a whole. Granted, it's the lender because they work for them, but the persona that we're really surrounding with all this data and intelligence is that originator. Um, and so that's still a big need. Now, the interesting thing is for the past two years, given the volume, right, the cost problem of, of the, the cost to produce a loan hasn't gone away. It's just right now we're drinking from a fire hose, right? And margins are changing a little bit, it's getting a little better, but guess what? In 2000, what was it when, when um, you know, rates were in the forward, I'd say 2015-ish, 16, volume was eh. Um, the cost problem, everyone was talking about it. We are like $9,500 per loan. That problem hasn't gone away. That's yeah. still there. And so the, the problem is we just drowned it out by the fact that we've got this flood of, you know, tiles of the world who are refinancing every 60 days, right? And the purchase market is strong just because of rates being so low. So I would say that that is still a fundamental problem because there's still a ton of, of inefficiencies and in costs that is just being drowned out by the noise of the volume coming in right now today. Yeah. Well, so let's, you know, let's future cast a bit here. You're talking about uh, the uh, origination side specifically. What does the, what would you say the borrower experience looks like, you know, maybe not just, you know, a year from now, but like five years from now, what are we looking at? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm going to go on on a, on a limb. I'm going to say it's not very different than what it is today. And because, well, we've done, gosh, hundreds of thousands of borrower applications and whatnot. It, I'll give you this. In 2013, inside of Skyline Original Lender, we were doing what Rocket was doing pre-Rocket, right? 2012-2013. What we were doing was we literally had borrowers pick their rates and products, take an application, run, we run DU behind the scenes, let the borrower lock their interest rate in, let the borrower self-disclose because we had all the parameters around if I picked an FHA loan, if I picked a conventional loan, we had all those guardrails around to make sure that we disclosed accurately, okay? We had borrower uh, e-verify assets, even though day one certainly wasn't really there. We had borrower um, upload documents, uh, order their appraisal, right? And we had borrowers doing this in one, all by themselves, like not even a single person involved. Now, what we learned, guess what? Was that was way too much for that, right? And then we learned the advisor is still there. The advisor is always going to be there. How their role is going to evolve is going to it will change. But we're doing all of that. We've scaled it back. I mean, to be honest with you, we've scaled it back, which is interesting because the lender's like, oh, hold on a second. I don't want my borrower running credit. I don't want my borrower seeing pricing. Uh, I don't want my borrower to have my six pieces of information. You know what I'm saying? So uh, where I see the world going is, are borrowers going to take and do the whole thing online? I don't know. I think we've done a lot now. I think solutions like what we're providing and what others on the consumer side of taking an app, Pricing product, even some of the lenders, right? Even the betters of the world, the Depots of the world, having the borrower self-serve. We're all in the same genre. We're all doing the same stuff on that consumer side, right? Which is right. You know, verification of assets, verification of income, credit, upload docs, cool stuff, bring in some data. So I don't see a big difference in where the borrowers go. Where I do see is once you solve the back office of the origination side and you solve the underwriter processor piece, what I then see is the borrower basically, maybe not in the same session that they took the app in, but maybe 30 minutes later, or maybe a couple of hours later, getting a notification saying, hey, Dustin, um, we're good to go. Um, all I need is these other three things. Explain to me why your grandmother's on title. Explain to me when you listed your property in the last 60 days, why you did it. And I also need, you know, uh, blah, 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 because I found a lien on your property. Um, that shows it's closed, but it's still there, and we just want to validate it. And oh, by the way, um, are you willing to sign seven days from today? We've got the, you know, Tuesday at seven o'clock, Wednesday at three o'clock available, and your notary is Bob, and they can just do it on a web, on a, uh, on a Zoom call, on a webinar. Um, just go ahead and pick a time, and we'll let you know more of the details. That's where I think the world is going to go, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a bifurcated experience where it's like the borrower starts doing this thing but then whether it's in the same experience or 30 minutes later or same day the system is going to basically come back to them or the loan officer or whatever and be like okay i'm ready to have you start signing seven days from now right obviously given the, the guidelines right for seven days right so that's let's see the work on say the least i mean it may not change the intake process but you're right i mean that it certainly changes the overall borrower experience uh, change. i mean if i have certainty as a borrower and if i can take remember one of the biggest headaches from borrowers and again being in the i mean i, I did i originated a ton of loans and I, i've been in that market what's one of the biggest frustrations for borrowers uncertainty yeah fear 
right? It's an emotional thing. They don't want to get a mortgage. They'd rather just, they just want the house. They're not in the market for a mortgage. A mortgage is a, oh crap, I got to do it. I, I'm not, I'm not, a mortgage is providing the vehicle to do it, which is important, but I'm not getting a mortgage. I'm getting this, the house that I want to move into because of the backyard, the pool, right? And so, so they're fearful, especially on purchases. Am I going to close? Is the lender, the scary lender going to find some things about me that will deny me the process of getting a, a home? You know, those are the, the uncertain. And then every time I get a call from my loan officer, what's the problem, right? It's like, I, I, I immediately go into this negative connotation because I'm worried, like, uh-oh, did I do something wrong? Did you find something out? Did my loan denied? You got to take that uncertainty out. And the more we take that uncertainty out, the more pleasant uh, it's going to be for that consumer. Helping the consumer do more stuff or providing them more data in the application experience, all that kind of stuff, that's cool. I mean, okay. But it's that sense of certainty that we need to get to the borrower. And to be able to do that is you have to fix the origination process. Right. So do you see, let's look at it from the lender perspective. So do you think that right now lenders are just not use, utilizing the existing tech, uh, you know, efficiently enough, or, you know, is it a matter of better coordinating the tech stack or is it, you know, a, a lack of a, a, a piece of technology that's just not there yet? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of them. I mean, I know that sounds pretty dry, but, but yes, I think that, that it's a coordination of tech stacks, but it's also workflow. What I tell people is the hard part about what uh, companies like us do, it's not about the technology. Like I said, technology is the easy part. It's workflow. It's the workflow. It's the, because you have all these investors, you've got all these different quirky products and the way they are. It's more than just getting pricing, right? And getting, you know, I mean, it's important getting the pricing engine getting the data back, all that stuff. But it's way deeper than that. And so it's being able to coordinate all those permutations, right? Because, I mean, I almost say it's a blessing in disguise that we don't have the amount of products that we had back in 2005, where you had all types of products. Today, it's a 30-year fix with a slash a 30-year fix with some arms. And then you've got the gubbies, right? Non-QM starting to come back. But it's really that piece of it. So there's a piece that hasn't been solved. And how do you streamline that all in the workflow? Uh, but then it's a combination of lenders today, again, it's, it's, you know, what's the priority to focus on some of these things, right? And, and, and so, you know, it's, 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 I would say rates in this market have really driven some of the efficiencies, but at the same time, there's still gaps as we're starting to see. So I, to answer your question, long story long is... Basically, yes, I think there's still a gap that's not out there of what technology should be doing, right? And that's where we're going. We don't see anyone really doing what we're doing. Um, and it's a combination of lender and tax acts as well. Got it. Yeah. So let's maybe switch gears here a bit um, and talk about, we haven't really uh, got to this yet, but uh, what about like, uh, you know, compliance, QA, regulatory issues? How does the, like a multi-state lender, you know, you know, the uh, regs are always changing in every state. Just in California, things are changing here constantly. So I'm always wondering, how does a multi-state lender, you know, keep up on a digital platform with all these changes? Yeah, I mean, well, I would say that a, um, a lender shouldn't, a lender should keep up for the compliance because they have to anyways. I mean, compliance is such a key piece. You're not going to automate a compliance person inside a lender, right? It's just, that's just, right? Is it, the regs are changing massively to your point. 
Um, what I would say is in regards to a digital platform or a technology provider is you better make sure that your technology provider understands compliance really well and understands what's changing and is actually ahead of that curve, right? Not just like, oh, conventional loneliness change. That's easy, right? But like, for example, LIBOR is going away, right? That's, an, that's a key, yeah, you know, one, being at the forefront. So you want to have a partner that understands the mortgage space super well and is really understanding what those changes are and how they're applicable and does it for you in, in reality, right? It's like, oh, here you go. Here's an update. We updated X, Y, and Z, right? Right, exactly. So let's, uh, I, we're uh, just about out of time here. And uh, I want to, uh, uh, there's one question I always kind of like to ask uh, in your position here. You know, what, uh, what's one thing that lenders don't know that you think they should know? Um, that's, I, it's a good question. I think that lenders, um, in regards to technology, I go back to my original thesis, which is, and look, some of, some of these uh, CEOs and some of these other lenders are some of the most amazing people out there. Um, I would say this, I would say, don't get caught up in the shiny object of racing so low, get back to efficiencies and dominate when the world, because we're, we're, you know, mortgage industry is very cyclical, right? This is going to pass. Now, Granted, we're in the twos and the threes on rates. It's awesome, rosy, awesome. We might, it might last a little bit longer, but there will be a time when volume will not be there, right? And you have to be able to dominate and you've got to be able to make sure that the, 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 the lesser the volume that you do, the more efficient you are, right? And, and, and hopefully bring, out, bring that efficiency back to the consumer because you're making that efficiency. So what I would say is, you know, don't get caught up. Yes, it's awesome. Everyone's being in the mortgage industry is probably being the best industry in the entire country right now, right? It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's the best time. I think the best time, even even 2003, which I thought was the best time, this is probably the best time to be in, in the mortgage origination business. But don't lose sight of fact. Think five years out, think five years ahead, and still try to maniacally focus on the cost problem because it's still there. It's going to peak its, its head. And you've got to be able to tackle it and be at the forefront of that. So when when everyone starts diminishing in volume, that you'll be able to thrive. Yeah, that's great advice. Hey, Kyle, I appreciate the time. Appreciate the conversation. Uh, I think you got uh, some. Uh, I think every lender out there has got something to think about. Um, if uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, make sure and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and uh, we'll be back next Monday morning for another episode of uh, Connect. We'll see you then.